Is it true that we are more or less the same on the inside? I don't mean psychologically. I'm thinking of the vital organs, the stomach, heart, lungs, liver, of their placement and function, and the way that a surgeon making the cut thinks not of my body in particular, but of a general body, depicted in cross-section on some page of a medical school textbook. The heart from my body could be lifted and placed in yours, and this portion of myself that I had incubated would live on, pushing foreign blood through foreign channels. In the right container, it might never know the difference. At night, I lie in bed, and though I can't touch it or hold it in my hand, I feel my heart moving inside me. Too small to fill the chest of an adult man, too large for the chest of a child. There was a newspaper article about a man in Russia who had been coughing up blood. An x-ray showed a mass in his chest with a spreading shape, rag-edged. They thought it was cancer. But when they opened him up, they found a six-inch fir tree embedded in his left lung. Inside a body, there is no light. A massed wetness pressing in on itself. Shapes thrust against each other with no sense of where they are. They break in the crowding, come unmade. You put your hand to your stomach and press into the softness, trying to listen with your fingers for what's gone wrong. Anything could be inside. It's no surprise, then, that we care most for our surfaces. They alone distinguish us from one another and are so fragile the thickness of paper. I was standing in my room in front of the mirror, peeling an orange. I cradled its exact weight in my palm, sinking a nail through the topmost layer. I dug a finger under its skin until I felt cool flesh. Then I rooted that finger around and around. The rind tore with a soft, cottony sound the peel one smooth, blunt piece trailing off the fist of the fruit. I slipped my contacts in and blinked at the mirror. Most mornings, I barely resembled myself. It was like waking up with a stranger. When I caught a glimpse of my body, tangled and pale, it felt as if there were an intruder in my room. But as I dressed and put on makeup, touched the little tinted liquids to my skin and watched the hand in the mirror move alongside my own, I rebuilt my connection to the face that I took outside and pointed at those around me. My hand ripped a wad of pulp and pushed it through the space between my lips. Juice crawled down the side of my palm. Like the moon, my mouth in the mirror seemed to look a little bit different each day. It was summer and the heat hadn't yet tightened around our bodies, making us sticky and moist, trapping us in a suit we hated to wear. A breeze pushed through the open window, smelling of cut grass, chopped flowers, and I could hear the people outside leaving their homes. Their car doors opened and closed, tires shifting gravel as they pulled out of their driveways and vanished for eight or nine hours, only to return less crisp, their unbuttoned cuffs hanging open. I liked letting noise from the neighborhood leak into my sleep and begin turning things real. 
I liked it. Except when I hated it. Hated how close the houses were to each other. Hated that the first outdoor thing I sighted each morning was my landlady's swollen face as she poked her head out the door to grab the newspaper. She lived below us, but from certain angles, she could see straight up into our unit. Every day, she bent down to retrieve it, then turned around, craning her neck to peer in through my bedroom window, checking to see if I'd spent the night in my room. Her aggressively changing hairstyle, auburn one week and then a dirty highlighted blonde the next, made it unclear whether she wore real hair or wore a wig. And if it was a wig, whether she slept with it on. My roommate B said it was like she was a fugitive inside her own home. Someone living on the run without going anywhere at all.